in and, and be finding your way. We'll get started here in just a minute. Is uh, Can everybody hear back there? Am I too loud? Not loud enough? If I move this up a little, can y'all still see me? Good. All right. No complaints, so we're good. Or either they can't hear me one. Uh, before we get started tonight, does anyone have uh, anybody they want to add to a prayer list or maybe give us some information on folks that are in need that we may not be aware of? Brother Thornton, uh, I mean Brother Thornton, there I go again, Jim. Brother Jim uh, told me earlier that Jay uh, is diagnosed with COVID and, and having some times with it, uh, their son Jay, so y'all keep them in prayer. And also Joanne Roberts is home recovering from knee surgery and i was asked if you're interested in uh, helping provide meals if you'll just get with miss janita she'll she'll give you some more information on that do we have anybody else we need to add to that prayer list judith perigo I haven't seen Judith in good years, but she used to be my boss. Anyone else? Good news. Joy. Diagnosed with cancer. Okay, it's David is his first name, Harley's dad, David Yates. Okay, still in Oxford. Donnie Warner. Anybody else? What's her name? I can't tell you. Ma'am? Linda. Linda Huddleston, Gay's mother. Oh. Oh, okay. else. All right, if y'all will bow with me, let's go to God in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, as we come before you tonight to study your word, just help us all to be attentive and, and hope to give me the ready recollection to spread your word in a manner be pleasing unto thee and, and understandable to everyone here tonight. Father, we've had many mentioned tonight, you know who they are that are in need of prayers, that are sick, that are suffering from disease or, or injury, we ask that you lay your hand on them and those that are in care of them and take care of them. Father, we ask that you go with each and every one of us throughout the remainder of this week and hope that we all would live and work and play in a manner that would be pleasing unto thee. It's through your son's precious name I pray. Amen. Okay. I don't, y'all may know something that I don't, I don't really know. I was scheduled to do uh, a lesson on Jacob, I think maybe end of February and I kept getting put off and I kept getting put off and I kept getting put off so 
here we are, it's almost August, and I don't know if they ran out of people or what the deal is. So what we're going to do tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about Jacob, but we're going to pretty much study the whole family there. And everybody's familiar with Jacob and, and the whole family and things like that. And if you really get in depth of that, and we're probably going to spend most of the time in Genesis chapter 25 on up the line there, if you want to go there and start with and please feel free to stop and chime in if you have any remarks comments you may have to yell my hearing is almost as bad as my sight so we may have to relay messages up front so if i don't acknowledge you somebody relay it up here and let me know that somebody's got a question or talking because i don't wear a watch anymore because i can't see the hands on it and my hearing's about to catch up with me everybody always told me that i turned 52 about a week ago and i used to think that was old I don't anymore, but I do understand when people say, oh, that starts going at 50, you know, and your eyes and your hearing and your mind a little bit. You know, you can't remember things and you're leaving stuff everywhere. Melanie got concerned. She bought one of those little books, you know, the, the brain books where you do all these exercises that helps you remember and all that stuff and have no idea where I put it. <laughs> so I'm going downhill fast. So if I get off and wander tonight and chase rabbits, y'all just get me back, get me back on track. All right, let's talk a little bit about Jacob and his family. And from what started, when I started reading and studying all of this, and one or two words come to mind for what we're going to talk about tonight, and everybody's heard the term dysfunctional family. Therefore, a little bit, or for a lot of the time in years, we definitely had a dysfunctional family going on here. We had lying, cheating, deceiting, and just all kind of stuff. And uh, guess what? All that's still going on today. But we're going to cover a little bit of that tonight. So if you turn with me to uh, uh, Genesis, let's go to chapter 25. Let's start out with verse 21. Let's see how it all, all gets started out. And we're going to skip a lot because to cover the whole, the whole history and, and time of, of Jacob and, and Esau and all of it, we, we ain't got enough time tonight for sure to do that. So we're going to jump around a good bit as far as time frames is going through all here. All right, begin with verse 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled together within her. And she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red, all over like an hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that came his brother out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel, and his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them, and the boys grew. And Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man, dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, all of that in itself is pretty amazing, and of course... Uh, there's probably some of you in here that could relate to that, having twins. And one thing is, uh, it's it's pretty amazing feat. But have God lay that plan out for you, how all this is going to bear down in, in the future. It had to be somewhat scary, I would think. 
But that last verse is what sort of got my attention on there when it says, And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Now, if you've read this story, any of these verses down through here, you know how all this plays out. Is there favoritism going on there? Do parents really do that? They did then. Do they now? Possible. It's possible, but that, that's kind of what, it's hard to grasp, and y'all would feel the same thing. Uh, if you've got more than one child and you're sitting here and you can actually pick out the one you like, didn't know you could do that. Didn't know you could do that. I can't see myself or, or Melanie or far that goes into y'all deciding on, you know, which one of these boys is, is going to be mine. You know, I kind of always thought I was my dad's favorite. I had an older sister and he always let me go out in the rain and turn the antenna and go out in the cold and bring in wood. He never let her do anything like that. So I sort of felt like he favored me over her a little bit. But in my mind, I can't get it that any parent could just show favoritism over a child. It, it's, it's mind boggling to me. But as we'll find out, this is kind of a trait and we're going to start getting into to y'all all the familiar with the word scheme and scheming and things like that. We're fixing to talk about that. We're going to get into that with Jacob and Rebecca and how a lot of this was going on and it's it's unbelievable even though I've read this story a lot of times it still it, it, it still fascinates me so let's go ahead and pick up there with verse 29 and we'll go through 34 and Jacob sod pottage and Esau came from the field and he was faint and Esau said to Jacob feed me I pray thee with that same red pottage for I am faint Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die. And what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day, and swear unto him. And he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went on his way. Thus Esau despised his birthright. Now, all of us in here knows what a birthright was. Now, what did all of this with, with Jacob and Esau particularly consist of? And, and there's verse in there, and I meant to go back and look it up. You know, Isaac was blessed with, with just, I don't know what it would be comparable to to the days. I'm sure you could say millions and millions and millions or whatever. And it was sort of understood back in those days that that oldest child you know, got, uh, and, and correct me, Brother Jim, if I'm wrong, maybe double or somewhere in that neighborhood. Got, got way more than the rest of the siblings, so it's a big thing, okay? Now, Jacob, I'm sure Jacob probably knew what was at stake in all of this and, and probably knew what he was doing. But, but what do you think, why do you think Esau was so, was he that hungry? Yeah, I don't know. I wasn't there. But was he that hungry? How did he give in so easily knowing what was at stake? You're going to have to yell, Marilyn. I can't hear. Yeah, he could be. But then, and, and look, I overanalyze and I overthink stuff that I shouldn't, and I, and I know that. But I'm sitting here thinking to myself, this guy's a hunter. He's done all this. He can't find something to eat. He's going to give it all away. You know, I, I don't know. And, and that's what I like about Jonathan Farr. And I'm not, this is a compliment, Jonathan. I love when Jonathan dissects stuff and maybe we, we overthink stuff, but I like knowing that. I don't know why I like knowing stuff like that. I just do. I don't know what they were thinking, why they were thinking that. Is it relevant? I Probably not, but it's just something that I wonder. How could you turn around and give 
everything basically away for a pot of stew. Well, he says he is. And I guess we have to accept that, yeah, he was. You know, but... Well, and, and I was going to get to that, but we'll head in that direction. And y'all all see it from time to time, whether it's in the news or on the paper. And most of the time, and, and y'all know when things happen, uh, how can I say this? And it'd be positive. I don't think you can. But a lot of the times, families turn on each other quicker than anything. You know, you let someone pass away, and then they're fighting over this, and they're fighting over that, and they wind up in court, and, and all this, that, and the other. And, you know, at this particular time, Esau didn't seem to put up much of a fight. I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is I don't get it. I don't see how knowing that. And, and what did he say? What, what important is it to me now? Do you think it, that's going to be a long way off? You know, father's not going to die for ever how long it is. You know, I'm not worried about it now. I don't know. Exactly. He, he, he started showing his true colors, you know, right off the bat. I, I think, he, you know, well, I know it says that he knew exactly what he was doing. Maybe he knew it was a weak moment. Maybe he knew this is the time that I could make this work. I don't know. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that that very well may be the case. I agree. That, that that's that's what I was getting at earlier. I don't know. I don't know. I, I I'm wrestling with the thought that he that it seems to me when you read this that he he just gave in so easily. Like, and maybe the birthright wasn't important to him, but you're going to find out here or later that that yeah it was. You know, I don't know if that's the case. Hey, that's a long way off before I'm ever going to see that anyway. I'm hungry. I don't know. That's God's plan. They could be. They could be. But we're going to get a little further into that. A little bit down the road. So here we are. This, this is Jacob starting up the scheming that he's that he's doing and, and the, the finagling and jockeying for position, for lack of a better word, climbing the ladder you know, to, to, to get his way out to, to better and bigger and better things. So let's let's move on down to uh, 27. All right. Let's let's get to talking to chapter 27. Let's flip over. Well, we'll start at the beginning of chapter 27. And now we all know what's what's coming next on this. What, what happens next? What does Esau mess up and mess around and lose? That blessing. Now look, this this whole chapter right here, it, it, with all the events that takes place in it, and there may have been a may have movie made one day about it. I don't know, but it, it's it's got everything. It's got deceit. It, it's it's got everything in it. But let's let's talk about that a little bit and tell how all this uh, came about. If you want to catch up with me there in chapter 27, I'm going to start out reading on it. It came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, My son. And he said unto him, Behold, here am I. And he said, Behold now, I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now, therefore, take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver, and thy bow, and go out to the field, 
and take me some venison and make me savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless thee before I die. So obviously Isaac is thinking that that time may be coming coming near and he's got business he needs to take care of by, by taking care of Esau and giving him this blessing. What was Rebecca doing during this time? He was what they call it ear hustling, I guess. I don't know. She was listening to what was going on. So what did she do? She started scheming, did she not? Yeah. So that, that's that's what she told you know Jacob, hey, come on, this, this is what's what's going to happen. You go out and you gather all this stuff and leave with the boy here. Dad, this is how this all would happen. Place up and he's going to give you that lesson. But what, what was Jacob worried about? That's the moral of the whole the whole story here. But but she, he's he's fixing to miss out on something if she don't take action. And I can't help it. When I was reading this, this was comes to my mind, and I'm crazy. But y'all have seen those videos either on TV or on the news where you've got some pee wee football team and some little kid breaks loose and he's running 50 yards up the line and there's some kid about to chase him down. Then off the sideline, some mother comes and tackles that kid, and so her kid gets. That's kind of what I'm seeing here. She's taking care of Jacob that way. She's scheming. She's wanting to get help him get ahead on things. But what was Jacob afraid of? He was going to be found out. What did she tell him? Or, or he was afraid he was going to be cursed and found out. What did she tell him? Don't worry about that. That curse will be for me. What, whatever that, that may have consisted of. So that's apparent and going way above and beyond, I guess. And, and, and this all just started truths unfolding and scheming unfolding how many lies did jacob tell during those next four or five chapters i'm just four or five chapters four or five verses anybody got any idea let's look at uh, verse 19 and this was after isaac had asked who is there what did jacob say and jacob said unto his father i am esau thy firstborn there's lie number one look down there at verse 20 and Isaac said unto his son, How is it that thou hast found it so quickly, my son? And he said, Because the Lord thy God brought it to me. Lie number two, big one. And then on down there, verse 24, there and and uh, Isaac was asking, and he said, Art thou my very son Esau? And what did Jacob say? I am. So he lied. But three times there, pretty quick in a row, and and he was worried. And, and yeah, what what was this? Is oh, Jonathan, this is this is what blows my mind. What did she do to to conceal Jacob? Because Jacob said, "What my brother's what? Merry man, I'm smooth." So what did she do? She skinned on his uh, 
neck and wrist. Now look. That starts me thinking, what in the world did he start to look like? <laughs> Man. If you can throw a sheepskin over a fellow and fool him into thinking he's somebody else, this guy was one hairy rascal. And that's what I, you know, that that's what I can't wrap my head around. But she also put his now, and, and I would like to think that if I lose my sight, I don't think Melanie and the boys could pull that over on me. They might could. I don't know. But but it's hard for me to believe that they fooled Isaac by doing that. It, it, and I guess, you know, maybe maybe the older age had, had let his guard down, but he, he knew something was up because what did Isaac, he knew something was up because he started asking questions just to get to, re to reassure himself that, you know, this is what's going on. And can you imagine that it, it, Jacob sitting there wondering if he figured this out? Oh, no. What's going on? So that was a big, big gamble. Yes. No. Were, 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 were they up to par and realized that? I don't know. Rebecca and Jacob, I don't know. You know, we can sit here and hash that up all day long. But, but, but I, you know, I had a hard time thinking that, man, how, how, how could they really pull that off? But it, it goes back to those lies and lies and lies. And, of course, what did they do? They pulled it off. They made it work. Isaac gave Jacob his blessing. Of all, uh, let's see, let me find where I've been lost my place here on my book. Let's see. Oh, I hear you about well. And then all of that happened, things fine, hunky-dory. You know, Jacob's on his way to bigger and better things. And then Esau comes in, and then, of course, it all realizes what, what has happened. What does Esau do? Well, bitterly. Look, uh, let's see, let's go to verse 30, yeah, verse 38 there in, in chapter 27. And Esau said unto his father, Hast thou but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, O my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. And Isaac his father answered and said unto him, Behold, Thy dwelling shall be the fatness of the earth and the dew of heaven from above. And by the sword shalt thou live and shalt thou serve thy brother. And it shall come to pass when thou shalt have the dominion that thou shalt break his yoke from off thy neck. And Esau hated Jacob because of the blessings wherewith his father blessed him. And Esau said in his heart, The days of mourning for my father are at hand. Then will I slay my brother Jacob. So now look what all this has caused. Siblings turning on siblings. Bad family problems. Bad family problems. Well, and I had it marked, and there was a verse back in one of those chapters where it, it was right in there somewhere where Esau was complaining to Isaac after all of this had taken place and he said he has taken my birthright well he took it but he gave it he gave it so I don't I don't know what the mind said on that but now I'm go ahead 
Yeah. I mean, there's, there's all kind of, you know, oh, yeah. And, and I agree, but I don't know if I would ever be just tired enough to give that much away. I don't know. I may be greeter than everybody else. I don't know. But it, it's just hard to fathom. But here again, Rebecca's fixing to get back in on all of it. What is she doing again? Well, maybe she wasn't doing it this time because it was told to her that, that what was about to happen. Esau was going to do what? He's going to kill Jacob. If he can put his hands on him, he can find him. So what does she do? Jacob, you get out of here. That's right. You go. She helped him get out, helped him escape. And, and mother, and well, fathers too, as far as that goes. Well, they'll, they'll do a lot of things for their children. But she helped him get out of there, told him to go. Where, where did she tell him to go? Do you remember what's her brother? Is Laban? Laban, how do you pronounce that? Laban? To, to go to Laban and, and said, uh, don't come back. I'll send word after your brother cools down and all this, that, and the other. So Jacob headed out. But, but there, Rebecca, there she was again, jumping on there, covering for him, taking up for him, every how you want to look at it. I don't know exactly what it was called. But, and, and a, lot of, a little time goes by and, and all this, and Jacob finally makes up. And let me tell you something, if you know how their story goes, do you think he may have met his match to some extent with old Laban? He was kind of a schemer too, wasn't he? He was kind of a schemer too. He, exactly. Exactly. He sort of got a dose of his own medicine. We're going to talk about that here in a little bit. But uh, flip to Genesis 29, uh, 16, yeah, verse 29, 16 through 28. Now, y'all stop me. Don't let me run out of soap. Oh, me, I may run out of soap, so we're going to have to talk some more. 16 through 28. This is sort of t after he meets Laban and kind of gets settled in, how, how things go from there. And Laban had two daughters. The name of the elder was Leah, and the name of the younger was Rachel. Leah was tender-eyed, but Rachel was beautiful and well-favored. And Jacob loved Rachel and said, I will serve thee seven years for Rachel, thy younger daughter. And Laban said, It's better than I give her to thee that I should give her to another man. Abide with me. And Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed unto him but a few days for the love he had to her. And Jacob said unto Laban, Give me my wife, for my days are fulfilled, that I may go unto her. And Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And it came to pass in the evening that he took Leah his daughter and brought her to him and went unto her. And Laban gave unto his daughter Leah, Zepla, his maid for a handmaid. Now, do you think old Jacob was a little surprised about what all was about to take place? And it came to pass that in the morning, behold, it was Leah, and he said to Laban, What is this thou hast done unto me? Did not I serve with thee for Rachel? Wherefore then hast thou beguiled me? And Laban said, It must not be done, it, it, it must not be so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. Fulfill her week, and we will give thee this also for the service which thou shalt serve with me yet seven other years. And Jacob did so, and fulfilled her week, and he gave him Rachel, his daughter, to his wife. So poor old Jacob pretty much got nailed into around 14 years of service, right? 
And what did he, what did he get for 14 years of service? Two wives. I don't know if that's coming out ahead or not. Maybe it is. But he sort of got a dose of his own medicine. And, I, and, and Laban sort of put back on him what, what he had been dishing out to the folks. And then after a little time went by, uh, Jacob had, had gotten word or heard that Laban's sons, uh, they were discussing how Jacob had supposedly taken away all that was their father's and all of this stuff and had stolen. So what did he do? He took off again. Laban took off after him, caught up with him, accused him of doing all of this and taking things and, and they'd done all this search and all this stuff, never found anything. So they made peace and went on their way. And then later on, let's go to Genesis 32. And if we're, if we're going through this fast to make a point all at the end, so y'all bear with me. Jacob and Esau are finally united after a lot of things happen, a lot of time goes by. And when Jacob decided to come back home, Esau was coming to meet him, so he sent flocks and cattle to meet him to find grace in Esau's eyes. And when they embraced, if you look there, 30, chapter 33, verse 4, and Esau ran to meet him and embraced him and fell on his neck and kissed him, and they wept. And on down there, uh, 8 through 10, And he said, What meanest thou by this drove which I met? And he said, These are to find grace in the sight of my Lord. And Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep that that thou hast unto thyself. And Jacob said, Nay, I pray thee, if now I have found grace in thy sight, then receive my present at my hand, for therefore I have seen thy face as though I had seen the face of God, and thou was pleased with me. Now, we crammed a bunch in in a short period of time, but can you, going back from where we started and what all that happened and what all that Jacob, and you can throw Rebecca in there as well, has done to Esau, after all they've been through and after all is said and done, what happens after it's all over with? They get back. They come together. Now, they went a long, difficult way of making that happen. And it goes back to one big word that has to be involved in that for anything to happen. Forgiveness. Now, why is that so hard for a lot of people to do? Pride? Some people, I'm sure, probably do. But I, but I don't understand why that's, it's so hard for some people to forgive. And on the other end of that, it's kind of hard for some people to ask for forgiveness. It, it is. But, but it, it amazes me, and, and it would have to turn one bitter and sour to carry all that weight around and, and, and not ever forgive that person or, or ask for forgiveness to that person. What are some life lessons we can learn from all of this, Jacob? God can use imperfect people to accomplish his plans. Jacob was a deceiver of his father and did not do his brother right, but God used him still. And, and, and listen closely to this. And this should be, I, I guess, an encouragement or a motivation. Do y'all really realize this? That here on God's earth, he don't have any perfect people to work with? Y'all realize that? Not a one. So everybody's got a chance. Everybody's got a chance. And, and that... that thought kind of come to me when it was talking about all this perfect and perfect and he don't have a soul on earth perfect to work with 
So he's going to use everybody in every way, and everybody has an opportunity. Everybody has a chance if you're willing to do what's, what's required of it. Uh, all actions or choices that we make have consequences because of what Jacob did with the birthright and the blessing. What did he have to do? He had to leave town, abandon his own family, and, and, and gone for years. And, and that's still true today. You, you know, consequences are going to be around. Now, some of your actions may leave uh, physical consequences, but it shouldn't leave spiritual consequences. You know, you, you may whatever, or who may whatever, be scarred for life physically. But you have an opportunity not to be scarred for life spiritually. And there's a lot of people that's, that's in that trap right now that just won't turn loose for whatever reason and, and make that move or, and take that walk. Because God has a plan for all of us. And finally, a lesson about scheming. The most prominent feature in Jacob's biography is that he was a crafty schemer. True to his name, which means hill catcher or supplanter, he hustled his way through life in unending efforts to promote himself. Shrewd, devious, manipulative, he had his own way of getting things done. Whenever Jacob found himself in trouble, the first thought that came to his crafty mind was a plan. For example, when he heard that his brother Esau was coming to meet him with 400 men, he shrewdly divided his people and flocks into two bands so that if Esau smote one, the other at least might escape. After making his plan, he cried to God for deliverance. But as soon as he ceased praying, he resumed planning. This sort of planning and praying never go together. When a person's, when a person's plan he is leaning on his own management and resources and is not prepared to see God act for him. When a person prays, he should lean exclusively on the Lord. When a person schemes and then prays, he's asking God to bless his plans. But before we can condemn Jacob, let's examine our own hearts. Do we come to God only as a last resort? Do we scheme and plan before crying out to God? Do we act on the God-dishonoring proverb that says God helps those who help themselves, whereas the truth is the Lord helps those who are unable to help themselves? Now, this is the time for y'all to talk. Give me a little feedback. What do you think about Jacob? Do you know anybody like him? I do. Right? Do you think maybe, I don't know, and, and it seems like every lesson I, I get to teach, it comes back to I can throw the word greed in there. I don't know why. Do you think maybe that played somewhat of a role in this, maybe a little bit? Or uh, jealousy or envious? Because think about it. Put yourself in, in Jacob's spot. You're the younger of ever how many is in there. You know your older brother's going to get it all. I mean, true. Right.
You know, when, when you read uh, that, and it says about Jacob coming out and holding the heel, and it comes to mind, oh, he's going to follow his big brother his whole life. Wasn't quite the turnout of how all that, that came about. Oh, yes. Now, yeah, that goes back. Was, was that uh, the way that it worked out? Was that the way it was supposed to work out in that format and all that? I, you know, I don't. It's hard to think that that would be God's plan, but it could have been. I don't know. Yeah, what about Rebecca? Let's talk about Rebecca. Right. In, in, in this, in what we've covered tonight, Isaac, you know, there's there's not a whole lot being said by Isaac. Or, or actions being taken by, I guess, actions that resemble the way Rebecca was acting. Why do you think they kind of chose different directions, Isaac and Rebecca, as far as how they handled the whole situation? Well, I mean, did, did, did Rebecca want all of that? For, for Jacob, or is it was it that she knew Jacob wanted it, and then that made her want? I don't know what what would cause her, and knowing that she's deceiving her own husband, deceiving her her own son, what what gets in your what gets in your mind to cause one to do that? You know, I don't know. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah, that, you're you're exactly right on that. And and right. And and we think there's some going ons in now's time, boy. It's it, it's there was some some going ons big time back then. I think. With all those folks coming in the lobby, we may be getting close to getting close to being done. Anybody else have any comments you want to add? Exactly. When it's all said and done, that, that's the bottom line and the big picture. Well, we may be through a little early. I guess that means we can visit. If y'all will, let's close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful tonight that you've given us an opportunity to come and study your word and enjoy each everyone's fellowship father we ask that you go with us throughout the rest of this upcoming week keep us safe and help us to live our lives in a manner that would pleasing unto thee father we've had many that's been mentioned tonight that are hurting or sick or bereaved we ask that you comfort them that only you can father we ask you to continue to be with your church here at Boonville and help it continue to grow and prosper and spread your word as much as we can. Help us to take advantage of opportunities we have to introduce your word to someone new. Help us to take advantage of opportunities we have to spread your word in any form or fashion. But most of all, Father, thank you so much for your son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross that we might have forgiveness of our sins and opportunity to home in heaven with thee one day. 
It's in Jesus Christ's name I pray. Amen.
I'll be starting with 537, Glory Land Way, 537. I'll be singing the first and the third verse. I'm in the way, the bright and shining. I'm in the glory land, glory song will be 909. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14, Paul says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If only, right? If only that were the case with me. I could just forget the past and move on. If anybody wrestled with that concept, it had to be the Apostle Paul, who was such a persecutor of Christians and yet a transformation had occurred with him. It would be easy, I guess, to forget our past if people wouldn't remind us of our past. Or if they'd give us the benefit of a doubt that having become a Christian, we really are changed. I don't know how difficult it was for Paul to let go of what he had been in order to soar as a child of God and an encourager of new Christians. But I know that right here in this text, he gives us the formula for our own success. It isn't just to forget the past. Because many of us, while not often forgetting the past, certainly don't forgive ourselves. And even though we logically recognize that our sins have been forgiven, 
still we hang on to the mistakes of our past, the failures that we still connect ourselves with. Paul said, actually, the one thing that we should do is a twofold process. The one thing that we should do is not only forget what is behind us, but simultaneously reach forward to those things which are ahead. In other words, a person who simply thinks about their past and the mistakes that they have made and the grief and the anguish that they have caused, thinking about that past keeps us in the past. Paul says we need to let go of the things that we've been forgiven of and concentrate not on what has been, but what shall be. The result of this transformation of becoming a child of God. Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. Pressing toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. If you're a child of God and you've been held back by the things of the past, simultaneously let go of that and give your attention to the pursuit of the things ahead of you. And tonight, if you're not a child of God, know that those things of your past can be freed, that you can once again be free to serve the Lord. Tonight, if you need to obey the gospel, believing that Jesus is the Son of God, confessing your faith, not only that he's the son of God, but that God raised him from the dead. Making the determination to turn your life from sin to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, to pursue righteousness and his light, and to be buried in water to have your sins washed away by the blood of Jesus. You can be free of your past and free to pursue the future with Jesus. If there's anybody who needs to respond tonight for any reason at all, now's your opportunity. Why don't you come forward if you need to while we stand together and sing. There's a mountain for you. We do have just a few announcements before we're dismissed and
Y'all are really a long way back there. Uh, we had 203 in attendance tonight. We have several that we need to remember in prayer. Please remember Gay Rowland and her mother, Martha Carr, in your prayers. As Martha is now in hospice care in the Tupelo Hospital. Uh, remember Jay Estes. This is the son of Jim and Janita Estes. He has uh, COVID. Uh, he lives in Atworth, Georgia. Please keep him in your prayers. Joanne Roberts is home following knee surgery. If anyone is interested in taking the Roberts meals, please see uh, Janita Estes. Uh, remember Irene Baker in, in your prayers. This is Melinda Hester's mom. We need to keep Laura Galloway's dad in our prayers. Also, just a couple of other announcements. Anyone who can help prepare sandwiches for BHS Band Camp, please meet in the Annex at 10 in the morning. And we want to invite everyone to a retirement reception for Brother Jim Estes this Sunday from 3 to 4.30. This will be a come and go reception in the Annex from 3 to 4.30 this Sunday. And if you'll bow with me, we'll close with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you blessed us with the help to get up and do our jobs today and to come tonight and study your word and try to learn how to live our lives according to your will. Lord, we bow before you tonight just asking you to protect us, to help us persevere, to help us overcome and give us faith to see things through. Help us keep, keep trying to do our best day in and day out. Please keep us safe. We love you, Father. We know that every good blessing comes from you. Please forgive us where we failed you. In Jesus' name, amen.